Mike Stewart is the deputy principal at my daughter's school, South Wellington Intermediate. I heard that he had spent some time with his wife Hannah as volunteers in Papua New Guinea on a VSA abroad programme. And since this is on my own bucket list, I thought we should have a chat to them on B-Side Stories and find out about their VSA experience. Welcome to B-Sides on Access Radio, Hannah and Mike. Thank you. Thank you. What was it that made you want to commit to spending time overseas with VSA? Mm. Well, I've been working with VSA for about seven years in total now. So about three years ago, I was given an opportunity to apply for a job um, as one of the program managers in Papua New Guinea Wow! Uh, to go over and, and manage the program and manage the volunteers. And I got the job and therefore I got to take my husband along and he got an opportunity to become a volunteer. That was great. So that all queued up very nicely for you. Yeah. It did. Yeah, it went really well. I think we both have a desire to help people where we can. Mm, Great. Uh, And so it was good to be able to go and volunteer as well. How long did you end up away together in the end? So we're away for a total of two and a half years. And we've been back for about six months now. Okay, so you're still very fresh. We are. Nice. Okay. So we're in Papua New Guinea uh, in the province of East New Britain in a little uh, town called Kokopo. About 20,000 people. Mm. Kokopo. Kokopo. Nice. Yeah. So it's close to Rabaul, which a number of people will know from the World War II history. So it's about 40 minutes drive from there. In terms of the lifestyle, mm. what were the differences in the way that you were living in New Zealand? Well, I guess it's a lot slower over there. Mm. Things don't always happen very quickly. Uh, you talk about island time. Uh, that was, I guess, nice in some ways, but it took a lot of getting used to. At times, I guess... Uh, struggled with different expectations, a completely different culture. Right, yeah. uh, so trying to uh, live in that culture uh, is quite a, a challenge. Mm. Communication at times, mm. uh, but uh, yeah, generally uh, that was all right. Yeah. I think some of the great things about there is the sense of community um, right. and that, that family is so much of a priority. Um, and so for us, I think that was a, a real difference from here where it's often work and um, there's that sort of real rat race uh, perspective on things. But yeah, you get to see a different side of the community there. Yeah. And so how did they do community as a culture? Mm. Was it very uh, public? Did they do a lot of gatherings or...? Church is really central to the community right. as well, and as is family. Um, so, and you, the families, everyone, everyone has uh, their own land essentially, and they all um, live together in, in sort of um, yeah in that community sense. So, lots of feasts and festivals, and yeah, there's always always things happening. But a lot yeah centralised around church and and family as much as anything. That's great. When you talked about communications, obviously mm-hmm. there would be language for for one and cultural differences, but. Were there? How about your internet and you know how was that? <laughs> when when cell it worked, phones? Um, <laughs> cell phones. Cell phones. We did work actually. Text yeah. was the best form of communication that we had, and you could text um, both domestically and, and internationally. Internet. Um, brings a whole new definition to the word slow. Yeah, um, right. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's very costly. Mm, slow it's and expensive. Yeah. And you learn that it's, yeah, you don't use the internet like you do back in New Zealand. You do it to check your emails or to do what you have to. But, 
You're yeah. not flicking on every three no. minutes to check. check so you yeah, disable all your um, automatic updates and things like that. Otherwise, yeah. you're spending you know thousands of dollars right. without right. even knowing. Gosh, that's yeah. one of those things we take for granted here now, Completely. isn't it? And it's yeah. good because it encourages you to actually go out and do things with people as opposed to sit behind mm. a computer screen and communicate with people um, because mm. you're not going to sit there on Facebook when you can actually go out and meet people and do stuff and, and be part of the community. And so with your particular village, were there any particular challenges the village was facing or the people were facing? It was more that we we weren't actually in a village as such. We were in a town, town and, and a reasonably yeah. large town by PNG standards. Um, so, But yeah. one of the, the challenges of that was it was so expensive to actually live in town that, that local people had to live um, out in their villages sometimes an hour, two hours, public transport, um, you know, distance away. And so it would mm. take them that amount of time to get into work. So that created a whole lot of challenges um, around. But I think some of the things for, for PNG in general is lack of access to decent education um, right. and lack of job creation. Um, so you've actually, you've got a lot of people potentially going through school, but there's not a lot of jobs for them to move into. Mm. Um, so there's a, a very small number who are engaged in the, in the formal economy there. Um, so one of the things that, that VSA does, um, that volunteers do, is they come in and work alongside uh, local people to get to share skills and build capacity. Um, so we're there basically to train um, local counterparts um, so that they are more able to do their jobs when, when we finish right. and when we finish there. So um, that's that major, you know, one of the challenges is that lack of real additional training and, and um, technical education or, or anything over and above the standard sort of primary or, or secondary education. Right, yeah. Mm. Mm. And so Mike, what were you actually, what was your volunteer role? So as a volunteer teacher trainer, right, specifically right. at so a, exactly. a school. Yeah, so I was at a school called Sacred Heart Vunapope International Primary School. It's quite a mouthful. Uh, and there was ooh, maybe 500 plus kids there. They went from five years up to 17-year-olds, and this is a primary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were some very tall uh, and... And yeah, older yeah. boys, yeah, with moustaches, <laughs> probably more than mine. But uh, yeah, they they were a great staff that I was working with. They're really keen to learn, and yeah. I sort of came alongside and I helped out a whole range of different teachers in a number of different areas, and just sort of worked with them. Uh, so we saw what they wanted to improve in, and right. I sort of tried to help them out. So uh, we were setting up a new library, we were creating a PE curriculum, creating an IT curriculum, working with the English teachers, setting up financial uh, database, we did a whole lot of things. And so yeah, juggling lots of different things, but ultimately we saw lots of development and lots of joy, which was great. That's great. Mm. The kids, how are they? Like, how's their spirit, you know? How oh, they? They, they love it, you know. Yeah. They're very enthusiastic, very energetic, yeah. always smiling. <laughs> uh, and it's great to see, actually, especially the, the younger ones. Mm. Yeah, they're running around and having a great time and just happy to be at school. Right. You know, they've got a real love for life, which is That's great. wonderful. Yeah, so it's good to see. And do they embrace learning? They're really up? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, one of the challenges was that the style of teaching and learning is a little bit old school if you like so it's the teacher at the front just talking to the kids they're writing down notes the Mm. kids just sit there and don't do much so it's not really active learning as we know it so one of the challenges was to introduce 
a sort of a new style of using more interaction, getting the kids to do uh, more active learning. Great. Uh, which at times worked, but it's a difficult one when right. they're, you know, focused on a particular way of doing it. And was that from the teachers you felt or from the kids or was it just new? Uh, well, I think the kids liked it because to them they were they had a chance to have their voice mm. and they could perhaps learn a bit more effectively. But the teachers were perhaps used to just the, that one style. And although they really wanted to, I guess we all sort of resort back to what we know and what we've done in the past. Yeah. And so just going forward without knowing too much about Papua New Guinea, but Mm. understanding they've got a lot of challenges, Mm. what does the future, what do you feel like the future looks like for them? Papua New Guinea is a country with so much potential. There is is so much potential. and with good leadership and good, um, yeah, a good good governance, then there is the potential for so many good things to happen. But there are challenges. Um, it's a huge country. There's more than seven million people. A lot of people think it's small compared mm. to New Zealand, but it's actually a lot a lot bigger. There's wow. there's real challenges in terms of of healthcare, maternal uh, mortality, uh, education, those sorts of things. So. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't know what the answers are. I'd be a pretty smart person if I did. But yeah, yeah it's. But the thing that was really exciting seeing um, the, the change whilst we were there is, is the really uh, growing civil voice of, of people being able to really stand up and and actually want to see change and see difference in their communities and pe- leaders actually rising up and going we we need to see these things coming through and seeing an increase in women in leadership as well was it was a really exciting thing to see. Um, yeah. That gives a lot of hope, doesn't it? It, it yeah. does, yeah. it does, yeah. Good. And what about personally? Did mm. you ever reach a point where it felt really hard and it was just like, ugh, you know, did you have any of those moments? Yeah, definitely. It I looks mean, like a few. <laughs> yeah, some, some days were incredibly difficult yeah. and some days were very rewarding, I guess, just like uh, here in New Zealand. You mm. know, we all have that. It's a bit of a roller coaster. That's true. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, some days were... Pretty hard work, uh, but then you have a great day and you know it's all worthwhile. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think knowing why we were there from our own sort of personal motivation was really important. Um, for me, it was, you know, there was an element that, that it was a job as well, but it was also it was something that we wanted to do together. I really believe in seeing good development, seeing um, good relationships being built on the ground and, and seeing, um, yeah, seeing things actually play out in practice. And so I think I would have... There are amazing sort of these strong women leaders that I referred to in terms of local mm. leaders that when I if I had those days, I would just make sure that I went and talked to them or, or right. interacted with them and they would remind me why we were there and why we were trying to do what we were doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have those days, but you you remember why you're there. And um, I think it's as long as the, the, the good days outweigh the bad, then you can keep going. Keep going. Yeah, there's <laughs> a key to having strategies mm. to keep yourself sane, I think. Mm-mm. Uh, so like exercise became one of those right. strategies for us. Mm. Good. Uh, you had a little bit of downtime in the evenings. Uh, you weren't allowed to sort of wander around in the mm. dark, so you'd just go for a, a run within where we lived, the area. Mm. So it was great for our fitness. Great. Uh, and this was You're something... You're both looking great. <laughs> <laughs> been good. Uh, it was something that we could control. You know, yes, we couldn't control a lot I of understand. things, uh, mm. but this was something that we could control, yep. and that was great to have that 
to sort of keep sane. Keep, yeah. keep going on. Mm. And on a totally different note, Papua New Guinea's got some of the best diving in the entire world and we both got into scuba diving. Oh, so so that was yeah. that yeah. was a fantastic thing to do. So, you know, that there is the opportunities for a different lifestyle as well mm. um, and, and sort of adventures that you wouldn't get the chance to do in New Zealand. So, you know, being able to see those as well um, and amongst some of the frustrations can really help you to keep going. Mm. No. It's like a whole new world below the waves. It's fantastic, <laughs> yeah. It and Papua New Guinea has beautiful reefs and right. amazing marine life. Mm. Yeah. Do they promote that? Because that was something I didn't know until looking at your, if, your yeah, site. Yeah, if you're a diver, you know. Um, that, that. That, I mean, it's incredibly warm as well um, in terms of the yeah the, the tropical water. But yeah, di- PNG is known as, as a worldwide, uh, world-renowned rather, diving um, destination. So mm. uh, people would travel from all over the globe to go, and we were sort of, oh yeah, we just that's our house, <laughs> you know, oh. just over there. So we were we were pretty lucky. And so then talking, just going back to the challenges, but then the rewards you were mm. talking about. Did you have any significant, you know, things that you felt really were life changing for you? Yeah, I think in terms of the the volunteering at the school, I saw lots of joy like genuine joy on these these teachers faces and I could really feel that they had learnt so much and they were just so happy for that uh, and it gives you an incredible feeling you can't really describe right. uh, like there was mm. one lady who was the librarian and she was an older lady probably 65 or something mm. and you know Which she in PNG is yeah yeah <laughs> quite old but older than yeah, 65 yeah. and here. she right. yeah. she was quite a, a slow lady and she worked away and uh, we sort of um, helped her set up a a computer database for managing the books because before then right. it was just all over the place and uh, we we taught her how to use the software and she you know slowly but surely got there and it's made her life so much easier mm. and she was just so happy and so delighted that she'd done this you that know and so just good. to see that from the outside or being beside her was just a brilliant thing yeah. to see yeah now that you're back and reflecting on this amazing mm. trip that you've had first of all you've got your husband and wife story i mean did that make it easy doing it together was that? Well, I guess we had each other to um, support mm. uh, through the the tough times, and also we could share in the celebrations together too. Mm. Uh, and now coming back, uh, we can of course understand what we've been through as well. Mm. You know, so it does definitely make it easier. Mm. I think. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we miss. Uh, we notice now being back is that we actually had so much more time together while we were away. Right. Because um, life is definitely a lot less hectic um, over there. So. Um, yeah, we. I think doing it together for, for us, couples that choose to do it separately, and so people can go as singles and as couples. Um, but for us, it, it's something that we'll, we'll never regret. And no. I think, as Mike mentioned, when you when you start to talk about what you've done, people sort of nod and smile, and then eyes glaze over. Um, yeah. But for us, that you know, at least we know that there's somebody who does understand. And and when you do talk about things and and you remember things, that someone was there with you, and that makes a difference. Yeah, definitely a, a, a life event. <laughs> yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. And so. Were there any habits that you had while you were living in PNG that you feel like you've kind of tried to hold on to or bring back to New Zealand? The good ones. (laughs) (laughs) I think... Uh, not as much as we wished we could, but right. when we first got back, we sort of made a, a list of of things that we learnt um, about life. It sounds good. funny, but no, so that we didn't forget. And um, but just things about what's important, like for mm. in in PNG, your your family. There is nothing more important than your family and, and the church, and you know. But from a family perspective, work comes 
two or three or four sort of down the priority list and that in itself can cause frustrations but I think sometimes we've got that wrong when we have the priority around the other way and and so remembering what's important, remembering to take the time to spend with the people that you care about rather than just kind of rushing from thing to thing and, um, and actually, yeah, why do we just questioning some of the things that are so um, part of what we do every day here. It's yeah. like, is it really that important if you don't get this done now? <laughs> That's sort of, yeah, what, yeah the priorities. But hmm. mm. Well, you definitely learn to be very patient mm. over there. So that's, that's got to be a good thing. We bring yeah, back with us good. to some degree, mm. and you learn to have a, a sense of humour. In order good. to survive, you need to have a good sense of humour. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be crying yeah. <laughs> perhaps a lot of the time. And and being able to respect other people's point of view. I think I got to the stage where the more I knew, the less I understood. But the more I was okay Beautiful. with that. Yeah, like it's a, it's an incredibly complex place, mm. but it makes sense. Too, but you have to step back and look at it from a bigger perspective. You can't just judge it from your own pr- frame of reference or your own point of view. Um, and so being able to do that here now and just kind of, okay, well, yeah, just reflecting on things a bit more. That's great. I mm. think they almost sound like tips for top <laughs> living, really. You know, but yeah. And it feels like one of our epidemics is our busyness. Mm. So, that, so the opposite to yeah. PNG lifestyle. So mm. find somewhere happily in the yes. middle would be good. <laughs> is there anything you really miss now that you're back? Mm. The Any smiles. F- oh. The, mm. the smiles and the people. Um, you walk down the street and almost every single person that passes you would be saying, uh, morning. Yeah. Or afternoon, yeah. afternoon. Uh, everyone, you know, so friendly. Mm. And so when we came back, we were trying to do the same thing, you know, oh, morning to people. Yeah. And they'd just like look at us like, who are you what? to talk to yeah. us? You know, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, bizarre. Yeah. Keep up, keep up the smiles. Yeah. yeah. It just, I think people are really genuinely interested in, in who you are and what you're doing. Um, and, Whilst at times that was hard over here, it's you, you. We swing to the other end of the spectrum. Like you're so anonymous that nobody knows what you're doing at all. So, but I think yeah, definitely the, the the people. It always comes down to the people. I think in terms of what we miss. Right. Yeah. Mm. No, that makes sense. Mm. Just talking about Mr. Pip. I, I actually haven't seen the film, mm. but I've read the book. But mm. I had the joy of meeting two women actors mm. in the lift in a hotel in mm. Auckland. And I walked out mm. being completely touched and radiated by these strong, beautiful characters, and I felt really honoured to mm. have that experience. Mm. Mm. And they were giggling down the street. Yep. That's right, Ponsonby Road. You the, know? The, <laughs> the laughter and the yeah. smiles, and yeah, you can you can hear it. And sometimes we're so conservative, and so yeah, here. <laughs> mm. Mm. We actually came back. To New Zealand, mm. I think just after the movie had been released, so right, we watched it right. maybe a couple of weeks after we'd returned, and it was incredibly hard to see, you know, the the kids' faces mm. and knowing the, I guess, the sad tragedy mm. uh, that happened in Bougainville. Mm. Uh, it was quite a moving experience to yeah. watch that movie. It brought it all back, and hearing the top person the mm. language spoken, and you know, oh, it's almost like we're there again, you mm. know. Yeah, it felt like home watching it, which was funny when we were sitting back in Wellington. But yeah, it was an interesting experience because it was so quick, so mm. soon after we'd returned. Yeah, can we just talk a little bit about volunteer services abroad? Yep. Because I found out some new things sure. today. But Hannah, yep. you might be the better one to tell us. Yep. and I'm sure other people might be enthused about sure, you know, doing this. 
can you tell us a little bit about VSA? How did it, how long ago did it start? So Volunteer Service Abroad has been around for over 50 years um, and Sir Edmund Hillary was our founding president. Um, yeah, so and I think that the premise with which we, we work is, is about trying to share skills and, and build local capacity in the countries that we work in. So we're currently working in the Pacific um, and Asia is, is our main focus right. there and so we, we work with organisations or partners who have asked us to be there so it's very much about us responding to local needs we don't go in and uh, tell people you need this or you need that we we have program managers like like I was in Papua New Guinea working right. to build relationships with these organizations to help them um, to see where a volunteer can can assist them to achieve their goals um, right so yeah but we're based here in Wellington um, we've got a staff of about 30 here and it's a New Zealand organisation. It is a New Zealand, I, yep. I didn't know that and yeah. I just found that out today. Yeah, Amazing. absolutely. So New Zealand's, um, yeah, biggest and, and oldest international <laughs> uh, development NGO, volunteer NGO. Right. So, mm. We need to do more star jumps about it, I yes, think. Yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Tell me a bit about that photo. What was going on? All oh, right. <laughs> I think we'll let, we'll put that up on our Access Radio Facebook page as sure. well. Yeah, it's pretty stunning. It. Yeah. yeah, it's a funny photo. Uh, so basically, the school community wanted to thank Hannah and I for being part of their lives for you know the couple of years that we were there, yeah. and so they put on a bride price ceremony, a traditional wedding, if you like, uh, and so. Half of the staff were my clan and half of the staff were Hannah's clan. There were two clans in the Tolai society and they wanted to welcome us into the society. So essentially we went through the, the traditional wedding uh, procedure and my clan had to uh, try and capture Hannah Mm. and uh, sort of pay for her using shell money, traditional shell money, which is the currency they use. How and did they capture you? Well, we Are sent you in, we, no, no, <laughs> I they, was hiding. She was hidden behind uh, some sort of uh, bush. Wow. And we Barri- sent in, that erected a particular barrier that me and my clan were hiding behind. We sort of sent in one of our biggest ladies, Mrs. Lance, and she sort of dragged Hannah out and brought her back uh, to me. We'd paid, you know, thousands of kina and oh, hundreds of kina and thousands of shells. Mm. And yeah, it's great. So I now own Hannah. Also, <laughs> he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That looks That's, like a great honour. It it really was, mm. and I think for us, um, so the the Tolai clan is sort of the predominant clan in, in Kokopo, the area that we were in. But to we we talked earlier about being accepted into the community, and for us that was such a huge honour um, because it was them sort of saying that that. They wanted us to be part of that community. Yeah. And, and for me, I was really riding on the coattails of Mike. It was very much um, a credit to the work that he had done and the relationships that he had built with the teachers and the school. Um, and I think it's, for us, leaving was so incredibly hard um, because of mm. those relationships. And I think, yeah, just the sorts of experiences that you can have as a volunteer um, whilst you're doing great things as well in terms of the, the work that you're doing, the personal mm. experiences can be and are often life-changing.